Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Wake Up and Grow. I am your host Natalie Bittinger and today's episode is titled Anger. I'm going to try and get this recorded before the storms we're expecting here in Indiana rolled in, but if you hear any low rumbling background noise, that's probably thunder. Hopefully it will wait until I'm done recording, but you never know. Anyways, I would like to start us off by reading from the book of James, chapter 1, verses 19 through 21. And what version am I reading today? I'm reading the NLT today. So James, chapter 1, verses 19 through 21. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives, and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. Let me start off by saying that this episode was kind of God giving me a harsh nudge on the shoulder this past week. Um, And as much as a lesson for me as it might be to you, I will openly admit that this past week I have been angry more often than I can recall ever being angry within a short amount of time. I won't give you all the details, because in all honesty it's kind of petty, Um, but it's been (laughs) an angry week for me. And I know a big part of why I was angry was because I'd been exhausted this week. And when you're tired, you're more susceptible to anger and other negative emotions. But that's not really an excuse. But I'm also not going to use this episode to vent to you guys. I want you to know that. Um, But I'm going to use it to let you know what I've learned through God's Word and what He's kind of been nudging me with. And I hope that if you struggle with anger or you've been in a just a weird spot in your life where you've been really angry, that you can learn from it as I have in how to deal with our anger as Christians. Just a side note, I don't get angry easily. This is a weird outlier week for me. but it happened. And so the first thing that I think 
we need to understand about anger. And one of the first things that I had to understand was that first was that anger in and of itself is a normal human emotion that everyone experiences. No one is void of anger. And even Jesus experienced anger when he discovered that his temple was being used to segregate, to segregate the people during worship based off of their monetary income. We see this in Mark 11, verses 15 through 19, when he cleanses the temple. Again, Mark 11, 15 through 19. When they arrived in Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out the people buying and selling animals for sacrifices. He knocked over the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves. And he stopped everyone from using the temple as a marketplace. He said to them, the scriptures declare, my temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. When the leading priests and teachers of the religious law heard what Jesus had done, they began planning how to kill him, but they were afraid of him because the people were so amazed at his teachings. That evening, Jesus and his disciples left the city. So the issue isn't that we experience anger. The issue is that we remain angry and allow our anger to lead us to sin. And that's kind of one of the issues that James mentions in that first section that I read. James chapter 1 verse 20. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. On the little footnote portion of my Bible, it has in verse 20 saying it like this. A man's anger does not produce the justice that God desires. When I dwell or remain in my anger, I do not think of justice how God thinks of justice. I think things that are ungodly and sinful, such as revenge or um, well, yeah, I mean, that could branch off into any multiple things, but also out of my anger, I say things that are not Christ-like. Out of my anger, I do things that would not reflect the character of Christ. So that's one issue with anger, is that we remain angry and allow it to lead us to sin. Another issue is what we allow to anger us, what we get angry over, what causes our blood to quote-unquote boil. In the Bible, the Lord is described as being, quote, slow to anger. 
and we see this in Psalm chapter 103, verse 8. It's in a couple different places in Psalm, but 103, verse 8 is one of the places. The Lord is compassionate and merciful slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. Notice how the psalm writer, whether it's whether it was David or someone else, did not say God is void of anger or without anger. This is one of those things that my brain latched onto because I can't ignore small details but the reason this is is because God does get angry but his anger arises out of his love for us and is and his desire for us to be holy like he is so he becomes angry when things of this world or when Satan himself pulls us away from who God wants us to be from himself and so he becomes angry when harm comes to his children. But also, God's anger is what would be called a righteous anger. It's not the anger of men that leads to unjust actions. But him being slow to anger means that God isn't angered by the little things that we get so riled up about. And the opposite of being slow to anger, or at least what my brain came up with, was being quick to forgive, which God is. So how many of you... <laughs> would absolutely love to forgive others who have wronged you or someone you love. Me neither. It's it's not something I enjoy doing. <laughs> but we are called to be imitators of our heavenly Father, so we must learn to slow learn to be slow to anger and quick to forgive. And this is a whole separate um episode in and of itself about forgiveness. So I won't go too deep into that, but when we don't forgive, when we harbor that anger and unforgiveness, it it does us more harm <laughs> than we think it would do the person that we are not forgiving. But that's a whole nother episode. But that does kind of play into one of the main excuses I've heard people use about their anger and that is that they enjoy remaining angry because they don't want to forgive that other person. They want to somehow use their unforgiveness and refusal to no longer be angry to harm them and get revenge. And it doesn't, when I think about it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me because when I'm angry, I feel awful. 
and I think maybe they really don't enjoy the act of being angry, but they enjoy the mental enacting of revenge on someone in their heads. I don't know how someone could have or find genuine joy in being angry. But the way I feel when I'm angry, I mean, I, I get sick to my stomach. That's, that's how I feel when I get angry. But it got me thinking about how anger affects us physically, mentally, emotionally, etc. And I thought those were important points to bring up in this episode. So bear with me because I might be using a lot of scientific and psychological terminology that you may or may not understand, but bear with me, please. So within the physical aspects of how we are affected by being angry, there are multiple vision issues that could arise. This includes tunnel vision, blurry vision, and then increased sensitivity to light. We experience increased pressure inside and around our eye sockets, which can cause pain, obviously. There's dry mouth experiences. There's decreased blood flow into or in and to the digestive system. We will experience a slower metabolism, increased likelihood of stroke and heart attack, more frequent headaches or migraines, decreased thyroid function, lowered bone density, and we'll also experience increased heart rate, blood pressure, blood glucose levels, and blood fatty acid levels. And I can attest to the headaches and eye pain when I'm angry. Now getting into the psychological slash mental effects of anger, and this is where I may be using a lot of psychology terms. If you don't know them and I don't explain them, feel free to look them up later. But kind of the process of anger is when it first sparks, it activates certain areas of the brain. The amygdala, hypothalamus, pituitary gland, and the adrenal glands. And anger, when it's sparked, it tells these glands and these portions of the brain to release stress hormones such as cortisol, adrenaline, and noradrenaline. And while these hormones are essential for our survival in high-stress situations, over time, if these hormones are constantly being released or overly released, they can cause negative, negative effects to our brain and our body. For example, elevated cortisol levels can cause your neurons to accept and absorb too much calcium through their membranes. And this can make the cells in your body and in your brain fire too quickly and die off quicker. This is actually what leads to the decrease in bone density. But particularly, your prefrontal cortex and your hippocampus, those portions of your brain, those are very susceptible to this overload of calcium. 
if you haven't taken a psychology class, your prefrontal cortex is important for making sound judgments and decisions. It's literally the front portion of your brain, right behind your forehead. And when you're angry, your decisions are less logical and more impulsive or rash. And you often don't consider the impact of what you say or do next and what it will have on the future. Likewise, your hippocampus is important and is affected while you're angry. Your hippocampus specifically works in making and retaining new memories. And when you're angry, your hippocampus may struggle to retain or make newer memories in that moment, which is actually what leads to us not really remembering what we say in an argument. Too much cortisol actually decreases serotonin, which is basically the opposite of cortisol. It, and it's a chemical that re increases the feeling of happiness or pleasure, which can make you feel angrier when it's decreased more often and easier. This also causes an increase in aggressive behavior and depression throughout time. So in short, to sum all of that info I just dumped on you, sum it all up. When we remain angry, we are harming both ourselves and our other and others. One of my personal favorite Christian authors uh, of today is Levi Lusco, and he wrote a book called I Declare War, Four Keys to Winning the Battle with Yourself, which I highly recommend it, whether you're struggling with anger or a number of other things. But in it, he addresses how we can combat this ugly, sinful, and angry version of ourselves, but not just with the self-help tactics. Those are great and fine, but Lusco emphasizes that these self-help tactics are pointless without the power and help of God and His Holy Spirit. We can't make them stick without Him, because the internal change doesn't really happen. But one of the practical ways we can avoid lashing out in anger at someone is by using what Lesko calls the four squares to a better you. It's essentially a four-step process that enables you to slow down when you're feeling angry or fired up and really kind of evaluate. But the first step is to analyze. And a good question to ask yourself is what is it that you want to do or say because you are angry? Not the outcome you want, but what are your angry emotions inspiring you to do? Write down exactly what you're feeling. And this is important. Don't ever suppress or run from your emotions. Face them. Study them. Because suppression is a very unhealthy tactic. And Levi talks about this in his book, you know, don't suppress your feelings, but 
face them, study them, and learn from them. Not necessarily act on them, but face them head on, study them. Step two is extrapolate. Mentally play out the scenario of what will happen if you do act on your feelings. If you take that inspiration that your anger has given you and actually act out on them, what will happen? Take this action to its logical end. This forces your prefrontal cortex to engage and it helps you to see the end result before you actually act it out. Lusco says, this is to help us to understand the implications of a given decision before taking that action. This then leads to step three, which is to prioritize. What do you really want to happen? Examples would be, I want to be heard. I want to feel respected. I want you fill in the blank. Lusco says, when I take time to do this exercise, I realize there are things that matter much more than the temporary vindication I would be chasing after in my anger. I add a little bit to that, but... This then leads us to the last step, which is to navigate. What do I need to do to get where I want to be? How do I get to that end result that I wanted and listed in step two, or sorry, step three. How do I want, how do I get to being heard? How do I get to receiving respect? How do I get to X? Lusco says, pro tip, it will often be the opposite of whatever you started out feeling like doing that you have to do. Try kindness and empathy versus sarcasm and, and condescension. Honesty, humility, and vulnerability work much better. Calmly tell them whatever it is versus shouting it at them. Ask those you're in conflict with to help you see the situation through their eyes instead of assuming that your perspective is the only bright perspective. And the Bible agrees that gentleness and kindness are stronger than aggressiveness and fury. In Proverbs 15.1 A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. In other words, anger fuels more anger. Gentleness and kindness are like water on a raging fire. They dampen the flames. I'll give you a hypothetical example from my workplace. At my workplace, I work in direct contact and communication and interaction uh, with our customers, like face-to-face -face conversations. And Sometimes they don't like the answers I give their questions. This is kind of expected. But sometimes, not always, my answer causes them to become angry and sometimes results in hurtful words and raised voices. 
if I respond to their aggression with the same level of hatred and verbal violence, there won't be an outcome that either of us really wanted. However, if I respond calmly, honestly, and kindly, this often will calm the aggressor down. And you might be wondering, why is that? This is simply because our society has trained us to expect aggressive retaliation in every encounter. Most people are confused when their aggression is met with gentleness. I think we've been trained that the only way our voices are heard is if we're shouting. And that's, that's not true. But this is how we are to act specifically as Christians, not just as good people. Another great exercise that Lusco mentioned in his book is when you feel your emotions getting the best of you, stop and breathe. And this is because when our breathing is rapid or labored, or just simply abnormal, our brain isn't receiving the adequate oxygen it needs to make sound decisions. The exercise he mentions involves deeply inhaling for six seconds, holding that breath for two seconds, and then letting it out for seven seconds. If you want, we can try it here. So deeply inhale through your nose for one, two, three, four, five, six, hold that breath for two seconds, one, two, breathe out, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. This has actually helped me tremendously in getting my mind back to where it should be when I'm angry or just feeling odd. You know, it doesn't have to be when you're angry, but it has specifically helped me when my when I'm angry. But I also try not to just stop with the deep breathing. Once I have slowed my pulse down, once my breathing is back to normal, once I can think clearly, I intentionally pray and bring my anger to God. I ask him to help me with my anger in that moment. Because again, I can do all of this self-help I want, but if God is not helping me with it, I'm not going to get anywhere. The internal change won't stick. And like I admitted at the top of this episode, I've had to do this quite a bit this past week. this coming week. If you ever feel angry, first understand that anger is a normal emotion. That the fact that you're experiencing it isn't what's wrong. But also know that you should not remain angry. Second, I encourage you to breathe. Use that 627 exercise I mentioned. It really does help. And third, Give that anger to God. 
and ask him to help you avoid the sin and unforgiveness it could lead to. I want to thank you again for listening and remind you that Wake Up and Grow releases bi-weekly. This is every other Monday. And I encourage you to go give Wake Up and Grow a follow on Instagram at WUG Podcast. That's W-U-G Podcast. And go find Wake Up and Grow on Facebook. Again, I am Natalie Binninger, and this has been Wake Up and Grow.